episode 12.5 of Movie Mumble, uh, the recap for our fourth cycle of, uh, of episodes. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Movie Mumble is, uh, go watch a full number episode. <laughs> but um, it's just a monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast where we take turns picking a movie, sharing it with each other, and then talking. Uh, after we've done three, and each of us has picked a movie, a movie picked by Joel, a movie picked by me, and a movie picked by Tim, we get together for these recap episodes just to go back over the old films, to look at them with hindsight and fresh eyes, and see what we can come up with. Uh, this was our fourth cycle it's for films 10, 11, and 12, capping off our first year Woo-hoo! of Movie Mobile. Thank you all so much for being with us this far. We are loving doing this. Thank you, Noah. We hope you're loving it, too. Thank you, listener. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this recap will be the last, last release of the year, mm-hmm. although episode 12 was the last full episode, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful companions, Joel Lewis. Howdy. And Tim Gerard. Hi. Uh, this last cycle was our shameless pleasures cycle. Shameless pleasure. Oh, <laughs> God deliver me. Um, How did we do three episodes without doing that? that? I don't know, but I wish I could figure it out and make you do it again. Um, so, uh, uh, anyway, it was going to be guilty pleasure turned into shameless pleasure because we feel no guilt. We feel no shame. We just love these movies. Agreed. Joel brought us Gods of Egypt. You're goddamn right he did. I brought Need for Speed. And Tim brought us Freddy Got Fingered. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Oh, goodness. So, gentlemen. What have you all been thinking about since then? Anything that's come to mind? Anything new? Anything you didn't get to say last time? Or just things you can't get out of your head? So I actually was was thinking about this today, and I was I had a question for you guys with regards to these films. <laughs> what what could you have changed about any of these films to have made them more popular? Ooh, like publicly. Right. Like so, hmm. these these are kind of like they they flew under the radar. We really like them. They're kind of like these uh, diamonds in the rough to us. I mean, Freddy Got Fingered has its audience, right? And mm-hmm. and. Need for well, Need for Speed was more of a sleeper, like Gods of Egypt was. Mm. But what do you think would have pushed it over into that popular sphere? If you could pick one thing, if there is one thing, would it ruin the movie? I was thinking that was a good way to get into our discussion. You know, mm. I love that question. Firstly, great question. Yeah. I I think I would have actually just changed the release date. Is the biggest single thing. The three things I would have done would have been. More aggressive advertising. Wait, which this is for speed? Oh, for speed. Sorry. Okay. More aggressive advertising. Mm-hmm. Aggressive. Clean, clean up <laughs> advertising. That was so good it killed Tim. I almost missed that movie, and I was the audience. You know, right. um, it was for you. That, yeah, that's really literally desired so, audience. Um, I would have cleaned up the beginning a little bit. We talked about this during mm-hmm. the podcast, but the beginning dragged more than I remember. Right. And but that's like the only real change I would have made to the film was mm-hmm. just maybe hasten the beginning just a little. That's all. And then I would have been more. And I would have changed the release date. Is the single biggest. When did when did it come out? What I don't it? even remember. I couldn't tell you year wise, but I do remember that it was. And it's sort of hand in hand with the advertising. There was other stuff coming out, in the way that lots of films, like while Infinity War was out, mm-hmm. that was everybody's number one. Right. You know, if they're gonna go to a movie, it's gonna be that one. Then if they have time, they'll see other things. Hashtag Need, solo. Yeah. <laughs> Need for Speed was in that other things bracket. Okay. That I think if it hadn't had to stand up to some of the other releases, 
which I, again, I don't even remember what they were, but I remember at the time it just, like I said, hand in hand with the advertising, it just wasn't the one, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that would have helped it immensely because, as you guys discovered, it's quite good once you watch it. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been a big deal, and I think. I think, too, maybe not just, like, oh, earlier that year or later that year, but honestly, just releasing it a few years earlier or later. Not even maybe years, maybe one year, two. Later, giving time for the the Furious franchise to sort of settle a bit. Gotcha. To be less of the one big thing. Right. That, that way, no matter what, you wouldn't have the problem of, oh, a Fast and Furious movie is out right now, whoops. Right. Or of, oh, it was just out four months ago and people don't want another car movie. Gotcha. Right, like having let the Fast and Furious franchise just settle would have helped with that. Immensely. Giving it a better release It would have context. been the fresh one, right? Right. Or having done it earlier when, not, not even because Fast and Furious, but earlier when the Need for Speed game franchise was a bigger monolith. That's Because once upon a time, monolith is the only word you could have used right. to describe it. You know, it was, you talked about racing games... You talked about Need for Speed, and then maybe Gran Turismo. And then, Forza was kind of in there, but it was no, a different. I'm talking not earlier, earlier, earlier. We're talking Forza. '90s here. Oh, okay. I mean, well, actually, I don't know when the first. Forza See, I don't was. know what time is. But we're talking Need for you Need <laughs> for Speed <laughs> Test Drive, and then maybe Gran Turismo and like the fledgling the PlayStation One days. As you move into the PS2, Test Drive vanishes, but you're still talking Need for Speed. Gran Turismo, and then Burnout sort of takes Test Drive's place. But Need for Speed, that was the one. Right. It was consistent. It was on everything. It was on Xboxes and Playstations and PCs. That was the pillar. And so that sort of faded and held on, and Burnout also sort of faded. Gran Turismo's still around. And we talked about, I think during the actual podcast, about how there was once this glut of franchises where you could have 20 different racing right. games, and yeah. the market supported them, but right. now it doesn't. But that, yeah, Need for Speed was consistent. You know, Test Drive was a big franchise, and they vanished before Need for Speed did. Burnout was a big franchise, and they didn't exist until after Need for Speed. They were, you know, the, the, the pure bloodline. So having the film come out closer to its dominance, it would, wouldn't even have been a discussion. Gotcha. The other thing that I thought was interesting is, I remember when it was coming out and being advertised, it was like, it was after the end of Breaking Bad, but a little longer to ride that hype. Right, yeah, it wasn't okay. like shortly thereafter. Yeah. It was like a couple years after the end of that, and Paul mm-hmm. hadn't really done anything right. leading up to it. So maybe riding the coattails of that a little bit more would have helped it. Certainly, I don't know. Yeah. Although to be fair, that might also have hurt it because too close an association would have had right. people wanting a serious drama right. for Aaron Paul. It's like why isn't he saying bitch else. enough? Right, like right. <laughs> should be needs for speed, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, honestly, the biggest thing is you have the same movie, because the technology's slightly fanciful. But it's good. But it's fanciful enough that if you released this in the 90s, it would have still been okay. Yeah. Ooh, look at the touchscreens. You were just written that off as need for speed, right. you know, excess. And that nowadays we look at it as just the slightest of deviations from yeah. reality for convenience. Either way, that's that's fine. The cars are all still cool. I Sure, I guess you could shrug and just move the cars back a few years if you want, whatever. But, like, you can pretty much take pick the movie up and transplant it and plop it down. Yeah. And, you know, you, I just I think the release date was the yeah. one. And that's the, the thing. Like, the crashes are really, really satisfying and suspenseful. And they go on longer than you anticipate. Like, mm-hmm. the car aspects of that movie are really, really solid. Like you said, shortening up, maybe quickening the pace of that first, first bit. Yeah. 
I wouldn't even call it the first act. It felt like the first act because it was so long, but it's yeah. kind of that prelude piece. Yeah. Yeah, I, Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. But even with that not fixed, I think a release change, maybe hand in hand with the advertising, like yeah. I said, would be enough. And not necessarily to catapult it to blockbuster, but just right. to catapult it, it to well-remembered and seen by lots of people, right. which, you know, where it should have been. See, and those edits wouldn't have drastically changed the movie at all. No. I, you notice I'm not saying I would have changed the plot. Because it's not like there aren't holes like there are for anything. But right. it's satisfying. No, it flows I flows naturally from A to B to C. Absolutely. The characters were fun. I just, you know, good, good, done. Like, that's all you need. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah, I think one of the, the, the things, too, you know, I think we talked last time a little bit about how um, with uh, Fast and the Furious, like that whole franchise now, mm-hmm. like, you know, Joel, you've kind of talked to me about like, oh, the later ones are good, this and that. But like, I, I almost don't want to spend the time working my way through that whole franchise because there are, there are too many of them now. Slogging through them. Yeah, whereas like with Need for Speed, it's one and done. Like, yeah, you could watch this and just like, okay, if I want a driving movie... That, that has the feel of a video game like I even without doing this for movie mumble I probably would have picked like Need for, Need Speed. for Speed over yeah. one of the Fast and Furious movies right. you know and the, the ease of access of yeah it. absolutely right. and the Fast and Furious movies from what I can tell have shifted to be less about racing and more about <laughs> crazy stunts but and, and I mentioned that Fast and Furious was sort of the unofficial Need for Speed movie franchise right. for a while right. you yeah. can really yeah. see it in Tokyo Drift yeah. which is fine and maybe if Need for Speed had been made at the time, it would have had the same pitfall, but the pitfall of some of the earlier Fast and Furious movies, and I'm not, I'm not, I can't place heavy judgment on them, which is perfectly fair, is that there's not a lot of cars going on. For a supposed racing movie, especially in that first one, it's not a heck of a lot of racing, in the same way yeah. that like Top Gun for a fighter jet movie has remarkably little fighter jet combat (laughs) and that's a symptom of almost all like vehicle based film that you have to spend a lot of time out of the vehicles developing plot and so you end up with this very small that's not that's not Fast and Furious's fault I like I said if Need for Speed had been made at the time in place of Fast and Furious we might have had the same problem films like Top Gun they all suffer from that but that the Need for Speed film sort of purposefully eschewed that let me pronounce that. Um, that sounded good. Sure. Um, in favor of... I bought it. We're, instead of doing 20%, 20% of this film, it. watching cars drive, screw it, 60%. No, nah, definitely. And they that. were free to do that because the other stuff had been done to death, you know. But, like, I yeah, it felt good. Yeah. So, for a, for like what Tim was saying, I want a racing movie. Here you go. Like, mm-hmm. not just... It's this or gone in 60 seconds that those yeah. would be the ones yeah. to... Yeah. There are plenty of others out there. I want. There's a film they made called Redline, that came out not long after Need for Speed. Question mark. I actually, don't remember, somewhere in the vicinity. And I remember thinking, I wonder if this is another Need for Speed, another car-packed, loose plot, you know, fun movie that's not Fast and Furious. That's gonna be a one-off. Like I just never got around to it. Yeah. But I'd love to just to see. Yeah. For yeah. the same same reasons, the accessibility and the one shot and. The, freedom to not be fast and furious you know? right. speaking of that I would be really interested hopefully in the future we all we should choose a movie none of us has seen like even the person picking yeah yeah. That I mean I have a bunch of those on my list it just hasn't happened yet I, I like that idea a lot because the I, we, somebody coming in and this is the film I picked like it, it 
colors it a certain way, right? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. so for us all to come in cold and yeah. kind of if we didn't like it, yeah. then we're all coming like nobody's yeah. defending it. Yeah. That, right. Not this is that's just kind said, of out of the way. It's part of the plan. It just hasn't. No, like out. I, I just yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just no, kind of random thought. That was yeah. brilliant. For yeah, sure. that's cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Kind of a cold. Yeah. Admittedly, I've, those also present a logistical problem of getting our hands on them, yeah. which can sometimes be solved by Netflix I have or the several library. Movies I have never seen yeah. in my oh, collection. Okay. Though, I've so. never seen Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Neither have I. Do you own that? <laughs> no. Does your wife own that? No. <laughs> then why did you say it? <laughs> <laughs> be an asshole. So we're watching okay. that, listeners. You heard it here first. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. Sorry, it's Chekhov's Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I hate to ruin this, but I did actually see that. Oh, fuck. I'm also lying. I didn't see it. Oh. I, <laughs> I wanted to be. I wanted to douse water on you. Um, but. Yeah, that's true. There are tons of things like in my Netflix queue, my Hulu queue that I've never seen that I want to see. So it's oh, like, yeah, there's okay. There's this Bollywood movie that's on Netflix. About a just d- done. Let's watch it. Somebody yeah. who no, 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 it's, done. It's no. so much better. So you had me at there's this. This guy is murdered and reincarnated as a fly with a vengeance streak. It's a CGI it sci-fi Bollywood film with the protagonist, which is a vengeful s- fly. I want to see it so bad. Yes. <laughs> I can't Let's remember the name of it. That's, Coming that's soon to a podcast near you. <laughs> so near it's in your ear. Like that. that rhymed. That was good. <laughs> I didn't steal that shit. That was me. Freestyle. You're the rhymer. So it's, You're the rhyming it's guy. It's taken a year, and now Joel has his own shtick. Well, <laughs> it's it's the whiskey. The whiskey's helping. Then we're going to give it to you every time so yeah. you can rhyme. Welcome to the Joel Gets Soused podcast. Podcast supplies. Soused. Microphone Soused. one, microphone two. Audio box, laptop, headphones, whiskey. <laughs> and then separate, emergency whiskey. Emergency whiskey. <laughs> Two. Um, yeah, what about your guys' films? What would you change? So, it should be called Planet Egypt. Yep. That's done. That, if, if we're <laughs> we gonna, talked about it in the episode. If we're going to yeah. agree now. The least amount to fix it. Yeah. Planet mm. Egypt dispels a whole lot of stuff. Um, I think... Because the main marketing issue is like this is called Gods of Egypt and there's yeah. a whole bunch of white people in it, right? So plus, I, then I think, when you went to see it, it didn't make a lot of sense as being on Earth in Egypt anyway. Right. Yeah. It, it just it, that disconnect is there, and I think that that cognitive dissonance is a lot of the reason people didn't go to see it. Sure. It's like here's another whitewashed cast. Mm-hmm. Would you like Gods of Planet Egypt to put emphasis <laughs> just to much. put emphasis that is not about the planet but about the god's journey no i i think i think planet egypt planet is perfect egypt. i I, th- I think that's yeah, a rare this is case one of, of the epic redemption tales of a turnover of monarchs on planet egypt yeah Done. it's i mean the it's a rare case of first draft being right yeah. calling it planet egypt i think that would put it in such a better place from the get-go mm-hmm. if you kept it gods of egypt you'd have to make casting changes that that's what I think would have to happen to have made this a more marketable. You have to film. make plot changes too. I I totally frankly. agree, and I think that would definitely hinder it. Because what I love yeah. about it is how ridiculous it is. And, and it's that, only allowed to do that because it's its own world, its right. own universe. Yeah. And that that's you you I would tease the the in the marketing I would have teased the disc the like the disc coin world, world yeah and the the uh, sky ship, but that. Just calling it Planet Egypt would totally have 
I, I think that would have been the thing. I think what I would have done is add a twist ending where it's... Who's the main character, the human main character? Beck. Him <laughs> telling this for... story to his children. To okay. him and his wife's children. So it's basically him Ooh. passing down Ooh, this mythology. Like and this, this whole world takes place in this story that he's telling so his then kids. We and zoom the kids out, are, and there are, are all processing these this. Egyptian as, kids yeah. on real life Earth Egypt. And you see Hearing all the, the statues and the symbols of oh, these the gods. Tale. Yeah. Beautiful. So that way it's That's like awesome. Yeah, it's it's not some planet somewhere else. It is the stories given life mythical version yeah. and it's it's the kids the way that you know yeah and the world is flat and you fly up to and they're, they're picturing it like verbatim how he's describing it so they're accepting yes the world is flat it's this disc okay and, and Ra is up frame. in the sky and there's this mm -hmm. monster he has to fight so sure like they're you know and how you know just yeah kind of showing that like oh all this stuff where you were like what that's not real what oh okay it's a it's story he's kids. telling his kids you know yeah. and of course him and his wife you know the kids' parents—they're the hero of this hero and hero right. of the story—and it's like, oh look, this is me and your mom, and how we got together, and this and that, and because yeah, doesn't she die at some point right. and comes right. back? Come back. So it's like, but she's alive, so she, you know, they can kind of tell, oh yeah, your mom went through this, and I had to save her, and there were these gods, and I befriended this one god, and I rescued his eye, and blah blah blah. Like, oh, that's cool, dad, you're great. My dad can beat up your dad, you know, like right. that whole thing. And then you kind of get that pans away, and you see like Horus and the eye. And there's like a glint in it, mm -hmm. like a wink at yeah. the end. <laughs> wink. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's awesome. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's very PG thirteen. That's that old ninety. Yeah. I like that a lot. Love it. And then you could also maybe as you're, as you're panning out, you're passing by other parents telling their kids a bedtime story, and you get this sense that. They, it's the same story, but they are the couple in the story. Oh my not, god! Yes. So it's you know it's like each family tells this story to their Either kids, but they're the hero, or they're all telling other stories because sequel. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, which story? Se sequel. Which story will we hear next? But but yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. I that I there are no words. <laughs> Done. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, let's go back in time, fix it. <laughs> so. I'm so at that, that. Yeah, that's. I like this beautiful. question. <laughs> yeah. Wrap it and ring it. We're done. Um, so, Freddy, what that leaves us with Freddy got yeah, fingered. Yeah, Freddy got fingered. Um, <laughs> I almost. I, I should let you talk about the film you brought. Well, I mean, I talked about your film, but I, I, yeah. I think Tim should start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I I feel like. What one of the things I was thinking about is. You know, I talked a little bit last time about before this, there was like the Tom Green show, and I feel like he had been on a few other things. And most of his stuff was just ridiculous, like no frame of reference, no, no, no plot, you know, like his like his talk show, you know, he'd do these random things, film him doing random stuff. So I almost feel like like people didn't go see this it's because they thought it was going to be like random and stupid and it, you know as kind of we talked about last time like there actually is like it's, a plot and what? these threads and an actual like really tightly woven story mm -hmm. that has recurring themes and and these scenes that seem to make no sense like that's that's a plot device it's the, the you know like again like him at the beginning laughing and i love too how the way he's describing his drawings 
like degrades. Yeah. Like first he has X-ray cat. Like this yeah. is a character who has a superpower, who has motivation. Like you're you like, okay, yeah. He's, the and then it's a banana applying for a job as a telephone repairman. Which so there, there in his mind there's this, but it, but it's like, well, wait, what what is that? And then it's a beaver yelling at another beaver. And it's like, okay, and it just and as he just, he's this last one is basically just hacking, gasping laughter. Yeah, and it's, it's just, you're a stupid like, beaver, and it makes less and less sense. But it, but it's supposed to like it's supposed to show like he doesn't have a core to his storytelling. He did storytelling. He doesn't have like he's he's good at drawing. He's good at kind of creating these weird characters. But there's no heart to it. There's no you know core. Center. There's no motivation. Yeah, right. and that's kind of part of what the what the the, the story what the movie's about is him finding that. And and again when he meets with what's his with Anthony Michael Hall's character and he tells him this he sees like yes you're good at drawing but there's no you know there has to be something happening that's funny what the fuck is happening here like that was all intentional like he was supposed to be this kind of like aimless laughing at nothing thing at the beginning and he gradually develops into you know someone who's written a story and characters so but i feel like a lot of people would have written the movie off assuming there was no story to it and i feel like even some people who have watched the film have probably written it off like zeroing in on these random things that he's doing in isolation and being like, oh, why is he, you know, why is he attacking this animal? You know, why is he cutting this animal open and wearing its skin? You know, and it's like, okay, in his mind, that's him getting inside the animal. And, you know, and there, you know, again, we kind of unpack that a little bit. And, you know, there, there are probably scenes that make less sense than other scenes. But sure. I think there's very little that could actually be called random, you know. Okay, I, yes. Purpose, so yeah. Agree. Everything yeah, is pers- we, purposeful. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned we unpack some of things. But like, what, what do you do to... What are you changing or doing differently I, I, to, to fix that? Is I guess, somehow I mean, in the trailer like make make the, the plot a little more a little more I mean, uh, apparent? apparent? Yeah, Forefront. like yeah. you know maybe have some sort of voiceover. You know, like a son who's trying to make his father proud. Who's trying, you know, yeah. try, you know, to show that like there's something the happening here. There isn't just yeah, yeah. There isn't just the sausages and the fingers and the, you know and like. Honestly, that's what got like <laughs> that. That daddy, do you want some sausage? Is like my avenue into it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like whatever this is, that's gonna be the thing that I really, really like. Well, but and, you know, well, and that's good that it brought you in. But it was again like this seemingly random scene that, as we see, like right. there is a, a seed planted in his brain that leads to that. But and it's another but, callback, right? Because yeah. it's not the first time he takes something that's supposed to be meant metaphorically or, like, he miscategorizes what yeah. he hears, right? Yeah. He starts getting to get into the animal. Yeah, yeah. getting yeah. into the animal. He takes literally rather than figuratively. Yeah. And then when he's talking about there aren't enough hours in the day or time in life to, to, to eat compose and music, music and draw comics yeah. and eat food and have a job and et cetera. Right. And she's like find ways to combine them you know, yeah she's giving him time management advice about yeah. putting things together and, and he says we'll do them all as the same <laughs> thing <this> contraption. <laughs> so i didn't even we didn't talk about that in the, the episode that uh-huh. that in itself is a callback a very bizarre right. switch on that but yeah that could that miscategorization is a theme that yeah. comes back so so to almost kind of like in the opposite way that the original Deadpool movie, they they would mark they were marketing it as a love story for Valentine's right. Day, like sarcastically, almost something like that. Like have, like pull out moments from the film that actually show the story. 
right. not just Tom Green being a buffoon, mm-hmm. and piece that together to give you a sense of what the oh there is an arc here, and you can right. see that arc play out quickly in the trailer. Without, well, the trailer, know, without spoiling the ending, right. but but you know like so oh look it's not yeah there's a story here. I think that would have been all you needed because once you're in the film, the plot gets off to a start almost immediately. Mm-hmm. We have a little intro sequence with the skateboarding, and then it's hey I'm going to L A to become famous, become a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Hey here's the car, boom! Instant. It's very traditional. Yeah. It's like it has that. Yeah. yeah, it has the opposite of Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. Where we knew what we went for. <laughs> yeah. We knew we were there for the car movie. Yeah. But we had to wait a little bit to get to the car movie. Right. Yeah. This was, if you had known what you were going for plot-wise, as you described, mm-hmm. changing the trailers, it would have been given to you immediately. So then the weird stuff would have had free reign. Because whatever other weird stuff had happened, even if they thought it was random or stupid, mm-hmm. they would have already known, no, but I'm watching the story happen. Yeah. You know? They wouldn't have had to skip through a, a, a sort of a cold open goofy skit first and be like right. mm-hmm. wait is this the movie I saw the trailer for no no like it was a shirt it's right then yeah that's the thing like the marketing seems to be targeted at fans of the Tom Green's show right that's right. the demographic they're trying to get in but they're the gonna go anyway right if but you th- like Tom Green right. you're gonna go see it you know and that's the what, thing like, how, how big how big was his show too because this is something I, I think it was also I've never Canada. seen and I don't well that's <laughs> yeah. okay and I, I don't know if Tom like wants wanted this huge audience I mean obviously you're making a movie you put money into it you hope it does well but yeah. I don't know what his ambitions for it and I think part of the charm is it's kind of like this sleeper mm-hmm. this cult thing yeah you know and that's that's kind of its appeal and its charm in a way but appealing to that mass audience that's exactly the way to do it is the marketing to show that there is a relatable story that we've seen a bunch of times but there's also sausages tied to string mm-hmm. like th- that can it's I see the st- name of my autobiography sausages tied to string <laughs> oh. it's a story we've seen <laughs> before 16. told through the lens of a new new character you're so yeah. professional just just yeah. floating through <laughs> these ridiculous NPR. through a person you know we see through the eyes of someone who is not not normal mm-hmm. we talked about that in the, the episode yeah but it is a story we know but every story is different for the individual. You know, everyone goes through their own version of life. Yeah, and this is his version of that story. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful way to describe yeah. this ridiculous horse jacking off film. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just gave it so much gravitas uh, and weight. I, it was yes. like Morgan Freeman esque the way you narrated <laughs> it. That that was excellent. Thank you. But it, I would argue that it it that's that it's a fair. I don't no, know I you don't guys think will agree it, with me. No, but, yeah, exactly. To the broader audience, if you will, I would argue that the room even would deserve it. We we were talking about the room about film being, and we've talked before about art in general mm-hmm. becoming something new once it leaves the creator's right. care, and the room being meant to be a drama and instead found its life as a farcical comedy. Right. Um, but that it's it's legitimately sort of a beautiful thing that it found a different life than it was built right. for you know and and so the the absurdity or the ridiculousness is separate from the experience you get out of it and so similarly for Freddy Got Fingered despite yeah. the the weirdness of he's is he jacking off a horse you know all that nonsense it's still it, it's both things you know it's mm-hmm. it is that familiar story told through the eyes of someone who we we might have encountered in life but definitely mm-hmm. did not understand yeah and uh 
Yeah, it's sort of. I know it seems weird to to put them next to each other. No, I think that's a oh, very appropriate. Oh no, certainly. I, I, not no. that you guys disagree, but just yeah. as a, I understand, saying that through the microphone, whoever's yeah. listening, it might strike them. No. Well, <laughs> sure, but I, you know, in the same way that you could say that about Star Wars, you could almost do it for almost anything. Like Star Wars is the hero's journey. Yeah. You know, but in the future, unashamedly so, with strange technology and the power of an ancient spirit, religion, etc. Or it's um, religions. a, uh, you know, glow stick fighting old man vanishes tentacle eye hairy walking carpet pseudoscience movie. Tentacle eye right? pseudoscience. But like, you, you know, the one sounds ridiculous and the one sounds elegant and you can sort of do that for anything. I feel like that was a Star Wars haiku you just said. <laughs> Someone count my syllables. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, the thing is that for Star Wars when you sit down and watch it it presents the elegant side of itself mm-hmm. whereas for Freddy when you sit down and watch it it presents the absurd side but doesn't prevent it from being I don't want to say elegant but you know from, I would hesitate to call it the hero's journey but it is well no I, not a hero's journey but just in terms well, it of it is though yeah and there is that sense of like triumph yeah well in, in the sense of death and rebirth kind of like when he goes there and tries it like you know because that's the thing is like it, it's metaphor like the hero's death doesn't mean anyone going on the hero's dirty has to literally die and be resurrected but you hit bottom you mm-hmm. know and he hits bottom that is his death and then the rest of it is his resurrection like him kind of coming out of that and you know like moving moving towards the the adulthood and and you know realizing his his dream and his goals and everything sure. you know and sure sorry I didn't but yeah no but, no that, you're but, right but yeah but just in terms of as weird as that is to say that this movie with strings on sausages on strings and horses being jacked off is also a real serious tale to tell and a journey to experience and it's just it's strange you know aesthetically to put those sentences next to each other right. um it's strange but to it's think accurate it as relatable but it is mm. <clears throat> it, it 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 transcends the weird in a weird way that's the more we talk about this film, the more I like it. <laughs> Me too. Like, well, I mean, I, I've already liked it, obviously. <laughs> but the more, like, <clears throat> like with a lot of things in life, the, you know, you, you find more validity and you feel like less of an outsider. Like, am I the only fucked up person in this world who likes this movie and who sees this stuff? Like, am I making it up? Is it in my own head? Am I, you know, connecting things that aren't there? But it's like, yeah, when you get that validation, like, oh, yeah, I noticed this thing, too. And this was a callback to this. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice that one. Okay, so there are other things there. And, you know, and I think, uh, yeah, like, you can try hard to sort of imprint something, like, your your ideas on something. But I feel like it can fall apart very easily when it's put up to scrutiny with other people. And they're just like, no, no, you're, you're making that up. None of that's there. You know, that's in your own head. And, and not that that's invalid i think you know a lot of that's how mythology and, and and metaphor should work is that you draw your own conclusions you know but it's cool to see on a you know slightly more absolute level that other people are kind of seeing the things that you are seeing so it's like okay it's not you know me wanting to find those things there so it is it's 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 comforting in an odd way and it's and it's it's also odd that it's this movie that brings that level of comfort you know <laughs> where it's like oh yes like okay you see you see what i see you see that journey you see those moments of of clarity and confusion that he has through this whole thing you know like anybody does you know in their life you know and that was a wonderful question girl thanks yeah let us hear that was 
genius. <laughs> well, it was just something I was thinking about. It's like, why? What is it that we like about these things? Yeah, and how can stop we? Them from, right, because yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, I don't have a problem pipping out Gods of Egypt because I, again, it's shameless. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no shame about it, and I mm-hmm. will show it to anybody willing to sit down and watch it with mm-hmm. me. But to to package it to find a way to get it popularized it's the same thing yeah it's just that for some reason it didn't hit the public eye the same way right it hit you so yeah god i wish you guys had seen it in a theater in 3d with me because you like oh it was so that been great i do yeah. too honestly i really do it will never get a re-release but god i would love to see it in uh, theaters don't, you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> it's got enough of a cult following maybe someday the cult of three well, four S- counting Alice. <laughs> Sweet. Shout out, Alice. One of us. <laughs> there are dozens. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think it's what else? I just we we really we went over these very well in the episodes. That's it. I, I, I wanted to commend yeah. us for choosing <laughs> stuff masturbatory self-congratulations here just ignore that listeners but the idea that we what we've brought each of us has always brought something that takes us in interesting discussion Mm -hmm. directions and I think that's really cool yeah if we were just sitting here to silence these these ones we did we went over really well during the episode yeah for sure it doesn't always happen well yeah I think that's that's also a testament to us too that we weren't we're getting better at this well (laughs) not only that but like with, with this whole like shameless pleasures thing it's not like we were trying to fuck with each other like oh yeah. i'm gonna bring in this shitty movie that you're gonna hate and i'm right. gonna laugh at how much you hate it it was right. like you know yeah which we might eventually were, do yeah right. yeah that that were very dear to us and just like you know i've i've always secretly felt guilty about liking this movie but maybe you guys will like it too and right. i don't have to feel i can feel a little less guilty about liking it you know and i think that's part of why like we went on for so long it's like I can finally talk to people about this instead of being like hey have you guys seen Freddy Got Figure like oh oh my god why would I watch that like yeah yeah. we talked a little bit just by happenstance before we began recording today about and I know we've touched on this before but the power that sharing something with other people has Mm. for film and today we talked about television too about watching each episode with people and having people to discuss the episodes with week by week. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, just as one of the purposes of Movie Mumble to enhance the experience by sharing. This one maybe had maybe had the strongest experience yet. Freddy Got Fingers specifically maybe had the greatest the sharing had the greatest impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? for sure. Certainly. Oh, but, I felt that way about yeah. Gods of Egypt too. I, I think, mm. I, I think we start like the the idea of like the the confidence of showing you guys this starts from the the lowest deficit, like mm-hmm. the lowest point possible, right? It's like here's this thing that I think is really cool, and these guys might shit all over it, and mm-hmm. that that that's kind of that risk. The risk was greatest in this, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. conversations and being able to create the fans in you for those things or the fans in us with Need for Speed or yeah. Freddy Got Fingered was so like the, the the distance traveled from that insecurity to the community we created through it was yeah. staggering outstanding yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. 
That's great. That feels good. It feels. Yeah, it does. I mean, I the podcast has been is fun to do and great, but I, that that really feels good. A satisfying mm-hmm. sort of. It's serving its purpose better than I could have hoped. Yeah. And uh, it's it's still doing. It. it did it for three films in a row here. Yeah. And it did it for a couple of our earlier films too. Yeah. And uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think what what mm. it was with this stuff too is like I. You know, I, I, I try to be open-minded as much as possible in general. Mm-hmm. But I think also knowing that I was bringing Freddie Got Finger to the table, it's like, okay, you better not be judgmental about their films because they also have to watch Freddie Got Fingered after this. Uh, right. you know? So I think it was that sense of like, okay, I because I'm yeah, bringing something that is more likely to be torn apart and, and criticized, like I need to be aware to be that much less critical and open yeah. to, to what I'm going to experience ahead of time. Um, I don't know if you guys felt that way or if it was different because you went no, before me I, and I got to go last. I felt different, it, but know? not because I went before you, but mm-hmm. because I just felt that the worst that would happen with Need for Speed was that you'd be bored. Mm. I didn't think you'd hate it or say it was trash or whatever, mm-hmm. or even necessarily find fault, just that you just, like, the movie would end and you'd look up and be like, oh man, I have to podcast this and I didn't even, like, watch I forgot it was on you know <laughs> that was my worst case scenario mm-hmm. which is not as bad as what you seem to have been dreading with Freddy Got Fingered yeah there's you a little you know there is a little bit and, and not to make it like a guilty sort of thing but mm-hmm. th- I think there was a little bit of uh, a baggage probably that came with it you chip know? on the and, shoulder yeah like just kind of like well okay you know and not to say that like the reason I haven't watched it in so long is because of you know and, 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 and yeah and it's not Shame. like people necessarily criticize Shame. me as a person Shame. actually you know what a big part <laughs> of it probably, <laughs> probably <is. laughs> there it is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was waiting Joel, Joel chuckled and Tim just kept talking <laughs> and then the bell uh, rang Tim's bell do I have to get naked now? <laughs> <laughs> go figure the musical element is what yes. got him into the yeah. joke I've learned uh, to tune out talking and tune. voices you know. uh, <laughs> um, but well, you know, a part of it, and, you know, not that this was a conscious thing, but maybe this is part of it, like, you know, moving, um, you know, moving here from Rhode Island, where it's like, you know, you kind of get those periods in life where you get to reinvent yourself. I think we were talking about this earlier with, like, you know, cutting your hair and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, when you when you start a new school, you get to be like, oh, this is how I'm going to present myself. This is and, me you know, now. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, this was definitely from my period, you know, post-undergrad, mm-hmm. you know, in Rhode Island kind of thing. And, and even like soon after I graduated, you know, like the, the, the 10 years between when I graduated college and then moved out here, you know, this was part of that right after college, like working at Blockbuster. This is when it came out. This is the group of friends I had, you know. And um, so this I don't think this movie had even like bled into like th- that that second half of the decade, you know. So then to come out here and be like, okay, I'm starting a new life. I have new friends. Like, is this really something I want to bring into this new life? Is right. this really something? Is this I, a I component of the new Tim? Yeah, this is this is part of this is part of a younger Tim and, and a more optimistic Tim in a way. But looking back on that optimistic Tim, he was maybe a little too optimistic, you know. And I, I don't know if listeners listener, I don't know if you've read my <laughs> bio for Nerds at Geek, which I finally did. But I def- definitely went like the self-deprecating uh, end of it. That's hilarious. And and kind of looking he, at he's like hilarious. You should you should write for comedy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was sort of this take on um, 
on me on my life like a more realistic view of you know kind of somebody somebody older possibly a relative kind of who had been observing my life all along like like the fuck is tim doing like when is he gonna grow up when is he gonna get a real job you know like that type of perspective and looking at my life like that and sort of mapping out and describing it from that perspective so this comes from that period where what what do i say in like where um oh yeah so in the bio i I talk about you know oh after he got you know tim got a degree in composition he he decided you know decided to quote unquote try to make a career as a composer and in parentheses read how you know work at blockbuster video (laughs) you know so it was this part of my life where like yeah i'm gonna work at blockbuster and it's it's research i'm going to watch all these movies and learn about movies and learn about film scores so when i move to california and be a famous film composer i'll have all this you know and instead it was just like no i just watched a ton of movies and like that was it so so dipping into this film is from that period where it's that naive sort of optimism where it's just like oh that's that's so cute that you thought this is how your life was going to turn out you know so to bring that into into now and maybe maybe that's part of why that bio turned out the way it was because this kind of like dredged all that up to a degree mm-hmm. um and there are actually other projects i'm thinking of working on too that are from around that time period kind of getting back to those um so it was definitely like i think and again maybe i'm reading into this more than i should but i feel like there is a lot more weight to that film as as how it relates to me you like know a reawakening and I, of yeah that. and i think that was something too like when we were watching it like i was just kind of it reminded me of oh yeah like this this is kind of my story you know this is kind of i remember watching it at that time be like oh look he's moving out to california to do this ridiculous job that you know he has no plan or how he's going to do it and of course i didn't do that but that was kind of my plan in my mind you know like oh yeah i'm gonna get all this stuff together and then i'm just gonna up and move there and it's gonna be oh wait no and then it doesn't work and it's like okay well okay he failed and how's it you know um so i think it was like i kind of forgot how much i had uh, invested in yeah in, identified in that, in, yeah and I de- yeah, identified with him yeah so so it was i think i don't think i realized like how personal that that movie was because of that um and for those of you wondering, no, at, never, at no point did I ever jack off a horse or elephant. <laughs> so that was that was completely metaphorical. But um, so I want to point out to our listener that I did notice that Tim said blockbuster three times. Three times. But the the sentiment was so pure, I didn't want to ruin until this second. He said blockbuster three times. Ding 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 ding. And I know. Scott and I shared a look. He's like, is he gonna say it? Is he gonna ruin it for the final time? <laughs> And I wanted to wait and bank it there. So, sorry to have killed the momentum. But, yeah. But, so, so talking about, like, kind of going first, right? The idea of, like, the preciousness of these or these guarded mm-hmm. films. I had already shown these to people who weren't receptive to them as an audience. I told you I'd shown it to my younger cousins, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't really get it. They got a kick out of me laughing like an idiot f- t- towards it. Fire breathing giant cobras. Right. So they they it just kind of sloughed off them. And but going first, I I think this cycle was so there was such a confidence in our picks, right? So the idea that of course this is the movie I'm choosing for. You know, this. yes, our picks helped each other because Tim, you were saying you're worried that if you panned our films, we'd pan yours, but it. Like, knowing what I knew about Need for Speed, how I felt about it, mm-hmm. gave me faith in Freddy Got Fingered. Okay. More so than anyway. Like, obviously, yeah. I have faith in you as a film picker, for sure. Mm-hmm. But more than that was 
like yeah any of these this film I'm holding the one that I love what I'm going to show to them would be hated by other people would be discounted whatever but I I know I'm right so Joel and Tim are probably right too right mm-hmm. you know and see my whole attitude was you guys aren't ready for this yet <laughs> right that was my whole this 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 bravado this confidence in it is like this is going to set the tone but yeah. this is also the most confident I've been in a pick because the theme was shameless pleasure right this is that we like, set the bar low tea. you know right yeah. and it, it was just like it, it felt like the most clear choice that I've ever had like I've always been okay I've got this list and I want to show them all these but is it too soon is it this really gave me an opportunity to like this is the definitive film for this week because we've we've established these parameters yeah and it was just such a and it, it's kind of nerve-wracking being I, I like being the first guy to pick in a cycle mm-hmm. but it's also like this sets the tone and Speaking I'm worried which, and like and I was going to discuss this off podcast but yeah. might as well at some point we talked about reversing that order oh yeah mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I was here for that oh I, I don't think I, I was I, it was either. just in passing <laughs> I think you just fought well no I mentioned it in terms of passing of like a we don't always need to stick to that if you guys don't want to or gotcha. thing mm-hmm. I think it works um, out pizza wise pretty well because yeah. we each have a, an equal distance for paying for pizza I don't know so, if you know this listener but the idea is that when we pick a movie we also pay for pizza so if the the people having to watch the movie for the first time are suffering at least they had pizza in their yeah. mouth <laughs> Yeah, but um, I, I, we we could we could change that up maybe for year two or just at could, any yeah, point we want to. For sure. Um, I would not be averse. I was gonna talk to you all about what you think the advantages, disadvantages, impacts, etc. are of being first or last. Yeah. Gotcha. And if you were concerned enough, to we could talk about that, that now, like because we're coming know. to the end yeah, here a little sure. bit. See, I, I mean, kind of want to end the calendar year with my pick. Though. Go ahead. Great. But that's Go just on. me. That's just no, you know, perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm not here to lobby for one or the other. Right, right. I just wanted to say that I'm totally open to any changes you may or may yeah. not want to make. Yeah. Um, you know, well, no, like way. I said, I, I like the like it's nerve wracking in a sense because when we do the recaps, the the film we watched furthest away gets the less least amount of attention. It uh, you know, like... that's funny because it it gets the most amount of attention for me in terms of time I've spent thinking about. Okay, it gotcha. Because it's had more time. Okay. I often feel a little bit pressed on Tim's pick, depending on how quickly we do the gotcha. recap. Yeah. You know, which one of them didn't we do the recap like two days after we watched Tim's right. film? Yeah. And that was sort of like, what what am I supposed to have thought of? What right, am I supposed right. to talk about for him? You know. I don't know. For me, I like the ones that are more recent are more fresh in my mind. Yeah. Which is this is another great example of how beautifully we all balance each other out. Yeah, for <laughs> why sure. this system works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that your pick is farthest away, so it's not like you're going to forget about it. So right. We can stand yeah, to have that, that much time. It's beautiful. Between. It's yeah, a great yeah. system. So. But like I said, it, it's nerve wracking in a sense that like, is it going to? But it, I also like. It's nice to kind of get it out of the way, right? And then you kind of we can refer back to it if we want to, and it yeah. kind of inform yeah, like that's our baseline. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, then let's stick with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> Not that you would have heard it anywhere else. I don't know where. <laughs> Stop listening to other things. <laughs> you, for your ears only. <laughs> yeah. I did listen to a movie podcast. I, I tried to. Harry, son of a bitch. No, like last week I think, and um. I just couldn't do it, not for any quality reason, but just because their taste in film was so completely against mine. Huh. And to add that the way they thought was, I, I don't know, I, so, so something I have trouble with, which is why I listen to almost no podcasts, 
is that I'm constantly playing devil's advocate. I'm coming up with counter arguments. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joel says, as if he's you, surprised. You heard it here first. Um, and, he said it. He said it. I know I am. I know oh, I'm confrontational. But so there are podcasts. The ones that I listen to are the ones where people are on them who bring up the arguments I thought of. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And and they get addressed, and it's you know it's great. Whereas the other ones, people don't. Like, like, it hasn't even occurred to them. And sometimes it's not so bad, but sometimes it's super glaring to me. Mm. Like, if someone said, uh, I mean, I, honestly, I, I'm bad at thinking of the example, but, like, if someone said, um, oh, man, I, uh, I really hate that, you know, I can't, I can't even come up with something. But anyway, the point is, it, sometimes it feels super obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Like, as obvious as the sky is blue to, like, how did no one there's another counterpoint think of this counterpoint right mm. right and i know that that's obviously we all think differently yeah right. but i just and it's because that will happen almost regularly at too many intervals in any podcast it just builds up and frustrates me gotcha. um so you so, like the conflicts in our podcast well sure but just i i also want to say though that there are you know regard regarding your don't listen to anything else. I, yeah, no. I think that even if people do, there's so much room in the movie podcast world. For sure. Like, and, um, it's subjective. Like, yeah, exactly. Like movies are. Yeah. Yeah. So I, one of them was, you know, it wasn't even, it was a movie they were talking positively about that I also enjoy, but they had enjoyed it almost like I thought I thought one of us must have been hallucinating and watched a, watched a different film you know does that make sense yeah it right. was that weird to me which is great that's the beauty of a film but but I had I had trouble listening to it mm-hmm. um, but not to others there are others that are sometimes film related mm-hmm. that I do get get plenty of insight out of mm-hmm. so yeah uh, so yeah that's, that's part of the spirit of this podcast to explore to try new things and to, to take what you like take the unexpected ones but also an important lesson is to sort of to discard the things you don't rather than to cling to them and let them fester mm-hmm. and make you frustrated and turn you into the angry gatekeeping fanboy just let them go because there's so much else out there to watch to listen to to consume mm-hmm. that you're gonna like make the choice be happy go do the positive stuff yeah. because again I, that, that, that podcast I listened to I'm not gonna trash talk or whatever. Done, whatever. Great. I just I closed the tab. I moved on to something else. Right. I almost forgot until you mentioned it just now. Gotcha. And that great. Done. You know, I don't need to be bitter or angry or competitive. Right. So, uh, it, it just sorry. This was a long-winded sort of roundabout no, way, right. but I wanted to bring up, you know, inspired by you two, the idea of we do what you love, but don't do what you don't. <laughs> yeah. And they're two separate, distinct things. You have to sort of put put the choice into mm-hmm. but yeah make, make the choice <laughs> see that reminds me of what we were talking about the, the showing these films to each other and creating the community of mm-hmm. fan around that when you open up the podcast you talk about finding unexpected new joys along the way yes. and that when you first said, said it it kind of felt NPR-ish and cheesy <laughs> and it was really meticulously constructed but it, it that's what that was yes. that's what creating it, it, it was self-fulfilling and I, I wanted to, to, to give you kudos for that because it, it, it was self-fulfilling well, in that thank way you. I'm glad it was because it didn't necessarily have to turn out true that way but I hoped it would and it mm-hmm. turns out coincidentally because of a film that Tim and I just happened to talk about today at work uh, Burn After Reading a oh, Coen yeah. Brothers movie I still haven't seen that I watched it it's on Netflix I went 
right now, yeah. Well, I finished it, but I could have just not watched that. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about it with my friends at school. And the more I talked about it, the more I liked it. And I, that was, again, again another sort of inspiration for movie Mumble. was just of the, I just need a different perspective. It's happened a few times with John, mm-hmm. actually, at the bookstore when I, used, when I still worked there, just in terms of we'll start talking about a movie and it happens to be one I've seen and didn't like but he doesn't know that because I haven't said it in the conversation yet right. and he'll talk about it so passionately and he'll just say something and I'll just be like well holy shit yeah. I didn't even I was blind I wasn't even looking at this correctly you know I mean I'm, I'm we're looking at the map and I have it upside down and he's like what if, what if I turn it around and some of those I've watched again and gone no I still feel this way I don't right. care but some of them I've rewatched and gone oh yeah there's value here that's Certainly. what you were saying about the idea of like putting effort into things that you love and putting, putting down effort, the thing that you putting don't. Putting effort into putting down. Yes, right. exactly. So, but what down. what I love about this is it, the core principle is if this is a movie you were watching on your own, somebody hadn't brought it to you, if you didn't like it in the first fifteen minutes, you might have switched it off. Sure. So what we're investing in is the community of watching it with somebody else. Yeah. And that's that's the experience, separate from the movie. The movie mm-hmm. could be complete shit to us, sure. but the idea that we get to commune about it yes. is is the art that's it's, happening. It's its mm-hmm. own experience, and the two of them enhance each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like our yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I, that, I, I think I said this maybe on recording before. I, my original idea was just for us to hang out and watch movies. Um, which I also would love. Well, yeah, which is what we're doing. Yeah. But one of you said, well, what if we made that into a podcast? Which I can't believe I didn't think about. I think but, it might have been Tim. I think, yeah, I think Tim it was Tim. Has well, um, but the regardless, the, the point of, regardless, you know, the point that's being it. that... <laughs> I have the idea. You, you fucking make this happen. <laughs> but that was where the value was always going to lay. Mm-hmm. Was in, not in the, the podcasting. Right. But in the sharing. Yeah, well, yeah. The podcast is an extension of that sharing mm-hmm, exactly. to share the sharing, if you will. Yeah. It's a sharing sharing. Speaking <laughs> of, you can follow us, like us, and add us at oh, right. like, share, follow, <laughs> subscribe, blog. Hit the like button. <laughs> Hit it. Hit it hard. Ah, <laughs> oh, my ear. <laughs> Sorry. No. So, since do we want to move on to? Situational movie recommendations. Sure, I I should be should I, I want to have a brief note about our next cycle. Yeah, for I sure. Before I don't want yeah. to, I can do that after. It's up to you. Um, okay, no, I'll mention it now. So our next cycle, which we already said, yes, yes, was favorites. Yes, our favorite, yes. favorite films. I suspect this will be the first cycle that most of our listeners have already seen all three of these movies. That's fair. Because in the others, some of them might have seen Godzilla. Uh, I think plenty of them would have seen Bond. I mean, come on. But that you know, Bond? Yeah, that's true. Maybe. maybe. I've Bond seen fans more of the recent But regardless, yeah, there was always at least one that just, there's, there's not a lot of overlap, you know, between Skycrawlers and Kyanis Katsi, or Dragon Lord. Right. Even just all three of yeah. us, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we really then, started way out there. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely, I think Pollock might have been sort of the black sheep for the second round. Because oh, okay. Godzilla had a pretty big U.S. marketing campaign, even though it had a limited theater yeah. run. And Bond was Bond. Those are franchi- franchising yeah. of those sure. two. But yeah. this, you know, and then I mean, our famous pleasures, obviously. Uh, but this with the favorites. Wait, was um, this our third? 
No, this no, is our fourth. fourth. So what? Wait. So we skip. <laughs> you skip one. What's our third one? <laughs> well, okay. I, our third one was oh Lahane. Uh, Lahane. I finally got to uh, actually pick Steve Zissou, Lahane, yeah. and Pi. Pi. Yeah. Or maybe Pi was second and Pollock was third. I think Pollock was But again, I mean, I'm yeah. pretty confident Lahane was unfamiliar to most people. Yeah. You can check um, your uh, iTunes feed to <laughs> verify. Check yeah. along at home. Let alone Pollock <laughs> slash Pi, right? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I just I suspect that, and then here, I mean, come on, the whole point of this right. one is. Yeah. So, I, I, I just wanted to preface our next cycle with I suspect this will be the first time all three movies you've probably seen, mm-hmm. listeners. Mm-hmm. And that might seem discouraging. Especially since they're famous movies, probably, and they're our favorites, so you're thinking we're gonna just just jack ourselves off about them even more. And than we usual. may have <laughs> talked about them at length before. Cough, cough. Oh, but but such length. <laughs> oh. oh. But I I just I like to take Maybe a moment of emphasis them. on the experience of the sharing, mm-hmm. and say that I am utterly certain that I'm gonna get more out of my favorite movie in this next cycle For than sure. I ever have before, mm-hmm. even though I've talked about it at length with both of you already separately and together mm-hmm. I just I know there's more to come because of the insights you guys give me so I, I really as weird as that may seem as, as defensive as I'm sort of getting here I think this is going to be a real good cycle yeah the favorites mm-hmm. kind of a stick with us guys if you've yeah. seen these ones it, that, I mean yeah. that's the other it, it'll, thing it'll, it'll be a good value prover to you listeners to the films you've seen already too right because it'll help us give you new insight you always talk about the watch along with this aspect sure and this I mean it'll be easy with these ones hopefully yeah, yeah. So. so so I just I want to say that at the end of course we'll um, re-announce the next film because we do it in the episodes you know we mentioned that these recaps are optional mm. so we did already announce what was next pick we'll cover that again in a moment but yeah. uh, please Tim situational movie recommendations Tim do you oh, have one no I thought Joel was doing I that. know he yeah. said you oh. and met me <laughs> he looked at me I looked at Tim <laughs> and said please Tim as my head yeah. turned it was a, it Joel. was like a faulty towers <laughs> yeah. as far as there and then you looked <laughs> at me and I panicked <laughs> 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 I'm gonna do that more often <laughs> keeps you on your toes <laughs> So, I did not do the reading. Uh, I was busy last night. <laughs> <laughs> so mine was, what is your go-to mindfuck movie? Hmm. If you're out to watch something that's going to make you uncomfortable with living in the world. In what capacity? Facebook. <laughs> well, in, in what capacity? Well, because I, there's so, the mindfuck movie like Inception that's just crazy to follow and it makes you work your brain. But then there's the mindfuck movie like... Um, I'm thinking like a disturbing something like, that challenges you. Requiem for a dream, like that. that that's, challenges. So that's the second one. That's more what I'm thinking. Okay. Is this idea of a deeply disturbing, challenging the worldview, hmm. end of 1984 esque kind of feeling, and that might be hmm. peppering it with too much context. Yeah, but that's good. That's a difficult question for me to be sure. And often these are ones that you, you've seen once and you, you can never see it for the first time again. Mm. Okay, I think I have mine. Go ahead, man. Please. I think for me, and this is going to seem kind of probably lame and tame compared oh God, to what you know guys were. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fight Club, I think, is that for me. Oh, I did not know what it okay. was, for the record. So, <clears throat> I had a, a suspicion. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, so, and this is, I, I think I talked about this in at least one like i know i talk, obviously talk about the matrix in like every podcast but i feel like at one point i think i might have brought up where like there's this sort of polarity with like fight club and the matrix with yeah. me. 
and it's that sort nihilism of like, versus self worth. Yeah, you know where yeah where the the matrix is all about getting to the core of reality and what you are and what you're capable of and realizing that potential. Whereas Fight Club is all about the despair of realizing that nothing is That's anything. Special. You know, yeah. Um, and and as far as, yeah, the first time you saw it, you know, before everybody knew, spoiler alert, you know, that they're the same person, you know, and this is all going on in his head and it's this multiple personality thing. Um, and I, I want to compare this to one other film that did a similar thing that I thought was not as effective, which was The Usual Suspects. Where I was bored for the whole movie of Usual Suspects, and then at the very end when the twist happened, I was like, "Oh wow, I should go back and rewatch that because I didn't notice anything that happened." <laughs> Whereas like Fight Club had me engaged the whole, the whole time, time, and then blew my mind on top of that. So it wasn't just like this is a shit film, but there's a twist. It was this is a great film, and on top of that, there's a twist. Um, but but yeah, just the the way that. It called, especially because at the at the time I was also working at a men's clothing store. I don't know if any of you remember Structure. It was sort of like I, it got dissolved into Express. Like so, Express is like used to be. <laughs> I love learning about you. <laughs> learning about the past. <laughs> so what was it like with no electricity? <laughs> How many whales did you have to haunt to control? <laughs> You're not that old, but you have lived. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to count the jobs I've had. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> depressing. So, so it was it was this job where you know I I kind of liked the clothes and I was like oh I want to I, I should work there I like their clothes I could sell their clothes and then of course in that same sort of way you're like well no we don't give a shit that you like our clothes or not it's about can you push our clothes on other people can you make people buy this shit even if they don't need this shit if they don't want this shit you know um i just had a picture of you pushing a mannequin towards somebody <laughs> push our clothes on somebody. i do like the like the jerky boys have you heard that sketch where he's like he calls a place he wants to be a used car salesman and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking, I'll sell any car you got. I'll, I'll put the, push the guys in the fucking hood to say, you buy this fucking car. And uh, so I feel, I feel like it's, it's like that. Like, yeah, you buy this fucking shirt. Um, you will be inside it. <laughs> or I will be inside you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Tim the Escalator. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, That's a good nickname. Yeah. That's what they called me in college. No. <laughs> Escalator? I don't even know her. <laughs> Escalator's never broken. It's just temporarily stairs. <laughs> Instead of it lifting you, you got to climb it yourself. <laughs> These all work as sex jokes. Except for that one, Joel. Thank you. Um, you have to want to see it. <laughs> Name of your porno. <coughs> So Sorry. it's, it's uh, always structured. So yeah. So anyway, so so working at this men's clothing store, and you know, one of their big items was khakis. You know, and it's like here I am. Like it was, it was you know, kind of stuff that I actually liked, and was working there, and you know, but then it's like there's this there's this contrast of like you know the, the kind of peeling back the layers of the onion, which was kind of happening to me personally you know and you know the, the film being about like hitting rock bottom and and you know you're, you're not your possessions you're not this you're not how you know and it's kind of like like tearing yourself down to the essence of that like well then what am i you know and 
and uh, and I think that's why it's such a good thing that I had both of those f films as kind of like guideposts, um, because like I feel like the the hole that Fight Club made was able to be filled by The Matrix, you know, mm -hmm. but but yeah, the fact that like it, it kind of it tore everything down, you know, like and sometimes like I said very specifically like it wasn't like I was just doing some you know random thing and it's like oh we're gonna talk about khakis like that was one of the lines like you're not your fucking khakis and it's just like well if I'm not my fucking khakis how am I supposed to get people to buy them and it was you know it was like it was a stupid crisis to have you know but but again that was like one of the layers and then you kind of keep going deeper and you know, every time you watch it, you kind of get, oh, okay, well, this part of it is a metaphor for this, so this is another part of me I have to tear down to get to the core of this, and, you know, and of course, every time you think you've hit rock bottom, like, no, no, that's just one more layer, you're still gonna go deeper, and, um, so, like, that, that was definitely, I think that, that one, yeah, like, the, like, yeah, the Matrix kind of made me question reality, but, like, in a different way, it made me question sort of the reality ar around me, uh, as something outside of myself whereas like Fight Club kind of made me more question like who I am and, and how I have been built up by my surroundings mm -hmm. and, and then tearing that down to get to the core of who of what was left of me um, yeah and I don't know that there's an, a, a, been another movie like that that's like that's you know uh, been so destructive but in a good sort of way you know like uh you know and i i know you know some of this stuff like i feel like going through th at that period of time was was also you know very like oh you know and, and this is sort of a it could launch to a whole other discussion but i'll try not to let it you know the the idea of like oh that you know you put putting so much stock in this movie you know getting wrapped up in this movie but I feel like everybody has something that they put a lot of stock in, whether it's a, a, a physical possession or or religion or um, saying we you know put stock money in movies, or, Tim. Yeah, get out. You're off the podcast. <laughs> Literally no, antithetical to all of what we do here. Right, but but that's exactly uh, it. Is like everyone everyone has their everyone has their oracle. You yeah. know, like you know an oracle being you know this thing that is telling you what you already know on the inside but it's going to present it to you in your face so that you can kind of hear it and you know hear what you already know but because we can't sort of trust what's inside of us we already know we have to find something to tell it to us you know and and that was this was this thing for me um on on that level yeah it would have been the matrix but i figured I'd yeah that was my suspicion yeah, yeah that's what i thought <laughs> I in true faith, I have three movies to talk about, but only one to actually talk about. <laughs> Firstly... I'm going to talk about three movies without talking yeah. about two well, of Well, you mentioned the phrase, once you see it for the first time, you can never see it for the first time again. I just want to say life is beautiful. Mm. Uh, end of that, I don't not really mind talking, but just, yes. Um, That's a whole nother question. Like, yeah. what movie would you have liked to have seen for the first time again? No, I would not have liked to have seen it for the first time again. I'm glad I could insulate I myself. Um, proper mindfuck movie, Shutter Island... Okay. Uh, so, because you end up basically questioning what was real and what wasn't, yeah. and the arguments that still happen to this day about fans about whether things were real or not, you know, great. But also, as, as much as that's my sort of my answer to the question, that's all it is to say, just right. kind of end of discussion. So, film that changed the way I I look at life. Uh, Goodbye, Lenin. Which I've mentioned to you guys before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on podcast before. It's on the list. We're going to watch it at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a German film. 
and it takes place towards the end of, of towards reunification, German reunification. And this family's living in East East Berlin, East Germany, you know, Eastern, living in the Soviet segment and communist segment. And uh, our main character's mother is this great neighborhood organizer, which as a result has to sort of involve supporting the, the government, the GDR. Um, and she sees him at a protest, has a heart attack, falls into a coma, and then the wall comes down and Germany reunifies. And when they send her home, Doctor says, it's this great scene that happens as his office is being dismantled. Because <laughs> he was the East German doctor, there's no more East Germany. And he says, any more horrible stress could cause another heart attack, which would kill her. And son's like, her whole country is gone. <laughs> Think it's not going to be stressful? <laughs> so the whole movie is this glorious black comedy as he scrambles to pretend the DDR still exists. <laughs> you know, if within the square footage of her bedroom, oh, the wow. government is real. And it's uproariously funny, hilarious, witty, sharp, and unbelievably touching because it's about love and what we feel for the people in our lives and what we're willing to do for them and it, it completely changed the way I see all of those things mm -hmm. um, I, I don't have more words I just it completely rearranged the you know, there's, there's a whole at one point there's an argument between our main character and his sister about she says, you know, I shouldn't be lying to her, but he's saying, but it could kill her, and she's happy this way. And it just the lengths that we will go to, like the mental lengths, the moral lengths, and the physical work. I, I, I don't know. Hopefully, I'll find more to say when we watch it. Mm. But, um, I feel like you should have gone last on this one. <laughs> oh, I just, that, and I know that's not exactly a mind fuck. Not no, what you were necessarily what you were. Well, it's not what you were asking for in terms of the you know what is real and what isn't. But it made me completely reevaluate. No, that's my that's life what there. I meant for so, sure. That, okay. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. Huh. Even even separate from that, I want to stress just just really one of the best movies I've seen, even without the whole life revision. Mm -hmm. Just in terms of how perfectly tightly woven it is, smart and sharp and funny. So I think, I think it won't be so somber when we do watch it. There's a lot of, a lot of laughter. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. I know I brought this one, but I'm not sure what my pick is. <laughs> That's traditional, too. Yeah. The one that comes to mind... Well, the, the, okay, there's two, which is also traditional. Memento screwed mm. me up right Ooh, nice. Yeah, mm. yep. I'm I've shocked only seen it once. mentioned next to Fight Club. Oh, just, I definitely thought of it, but I was yeah. like, yeah. That, just to, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, you know? right. And from a storytelling point of view, that was definitely, yeah, but not... I think I had seen that well after Fight Club, so... Right. But, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. It's one that I've only seen once, one that I always <clears throat> have endeavored to go back and see, but I want to forget it enough mm -hmm. to see it for the first time again. Mm -hmm. That That's basically what I'm trying to... To do with it and the other one what was the other one I was thinking this kind of is twisted and kind of like movies with great twists and like that that's kind of they lend themselves to that right. that sort of mind fuckery though right. just by the yeah, nature like, I feel like if your mind is getting fucked, you don't know it's getting fucked while right. it's getting fucked. Otherwise, yeah. it's not getting fucked. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could argue. Goodbye Lennon didn't really have a twist. That's arguable. I'd love to 
put a pin in that and come up with it and watch yeah. it later. Some the people, twist is just early on. <laughs> I mean, essentially, but yeah, some people say it. Yeah, depending on, and even, even if you might call what happens a twist, it happens gradually and steadily and oh, from fairly okay. early on. Yeah. So it's not super, not like Memento or Fight Club, where right at the end, just thunk, there it is, smack. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it, it certainly doesn't lend itself to that same pattern. But yes, those films naturally lend themselves to this this sort of topic. Okay, so I have, I have two. Good, please. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen Righteous Kill. No. no. It's late career De Niro and Pacino playing cops. Mm-hmm. So, it's on the list. I'm not going to ruin the ending for you. But that, the way that plays out was very clever and well done. And something that you see once and then you want to go back and see it again almost immediately to, mm-hmm. to see the things that had happened that okay. you didn't know were connected. Hopefully that doesn't influence your watching of it. Mm-hmm. But Funny Games. Ooh, yeah. I'm totally behind you there. Broke my brain. Funny Games or Fun and Games? Funny, funny games. games. Funny Games. Out of curiosity, not that it's super relevant, just which version did you watch? I watched the Danish version. Ah, the original. The original. Mm-hmm. Michael Haneke yeah. is the director. A guy who prided himself on the revulsion that his audiences felt at his films. He he had kind of almost universal walkouts for some of his films, this one in particular. And his reaction to that was, yes, this should not be... This is not supposed to be entertaining. If you sat and watched and enjoyed this... You're fucked up. (laughs) After a certain point in the right. film, if you are still enjoying, right? Um, I asked about version. He did do a shot, shot for, for shot, shot American remake, remake okay. Canadian, North American, English actors, etc. English language remake. This is another one that's on the list. Go. What were you going to say? Is this too? the movie where like it ends with like the guy and some other guy and his wife and his son and there's some movie I think my sister told me about where it's like one of the. It just gave me that sense, the, the 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 amount of revulsion. Like I remember my sister telling me about this film that that has this degree of like crossing all these lines, and, yeah. I, and I don't want to discuss these things because it's just like I, I don't I don't want to think about them, and I don't want to put these thoughts in your guys' head. But um, maybe I I would point out that in Funny Games the it's it's a horror movie, scary, uh, maybe maybe thriller, you know, whatever, not supernatural. But the point is that bad violent terrible things happen to characters in this movie because mm-hmm. duh but that they're not as gory or as this sort of line crossy as say Saw okay so the if idea that's what you is, mean by actions then I maybe not uh, so please don't say the antagonists of this film are I, not I, I, bound call them the protagonists almost you could almost say that yeah. but they're not bound by social convention they almost bully their way and they they bully their way into a home invasion scenario and it's it's their home invasion movie that's what I was looking for right not horror but the way that they go about doing violence and inflicting pain on these people is so separate from Malice or passion or rage—that it's unsettling. 
it's almost matter of fact what they do to these people. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you Ooh. could understand if like the people doing the violence were disturbed or angry. You'd be like, okay, I understand their motivation, but because you don't understand their motivation, right? So that okay. I, I so you know the the ear cutting scene from Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Yeah. Stuck in the middle with you, which everybody tells me they think is revolting, and I didn't even bat an eye at. I don't know if it's because I saw other Tarantino films before that one, <coughs> or just yeah, other yeah. more violent films before that mm-hmm. one, right. or because in all the comics and books and stories, there's plenty of crime and there are plenty of people who do violence without caring, just for the sake of it. Like mm-hmm. it had already been sort of spoiled for me, right? That yeah, if I yeah. if I had instead seen with the Red Dogs when it came out, it would have been more. Right. This film had that impact for me. That had the weight that yeah. the Reservoir Dogs scene was lacking. The yeah. the callousness, just brazen, almost because it's there-ness. There, there is, there is a lingering shot in this film that actively resists the human in tendency to desensitize itself towards violence in a way I've never seen anything do it before. I was watching it online and I had to check to make sure it wasn't buffering the oh. length of this sequence, this this one shot held in place. Oh. And you sit with the outcome of what's been done and you can't, it won't let you move on from it because mm-hmm. it's there, it does not move. Right. And I imagine when we watch it again, that scene will seem shorter than it ever did that b- compared to the first time but it, it just I there are really no words for what that film did to my headspace I just remembered there was another home invasion film and I can't recall the title but the big ending twist is that the victims are asking why are you doing this for like the umpteenth time and our home invaders just look at them and go because you were home and then I guess kill them and then they move on to another house somewhere or something mm-hmm. which only for some reason only just struck me that it's definitely a riff on funny games but this other film title I can't remember is is it's meant still to be entertainment to be a and quote unquote entertainment in the way that these sorts of horrible movies are you're not supposed mm-hmm. to leave them smiling and laughing right but but that it's meant to be a good movie to watch mm-hmm. as Joel mentioned you know the point of Funny Games was not that. Right. Um, this is not a visual delight. delight. Right. Yeah. This is <clears throat> to revolt you. Yeah. The, the other movie was sort of to take the twist or the push of Funny Games and apply it to a more typical Saw-like mm-hmm. film for, you know, for, for to go, just, just for audiences to go see, you know. I, perfectly fine. Not a crime. I'm not trying to vilify your film. But mm-hmm. just that I'm trying to sort of point out how how apart funny games is from what you think you're getting yeah that one's going to be a difficult conversation afterwards I'm, I'm looking forward but also dreading bringing that Ooh, I'm ready for that to one. the podcast yeah oh, I'm nervous I'm, my fans are ready for that one bring them out I'm good I'm, I'm ready that's the thing I haven't seen it since I saw it the first time in t- 2011 so it's been seven years since I've watched it does that have a thing with the garbage disposal that I'm that I don't remember that. ever happens in that movie? No, then I'm thinking of a different movie. No worries. <laughs> I saw those two at roughly the same time, uh-huh. and one of them is completely the opposite. It actually has a happy ending, where the parents, like, get the drop on the killers and then just murder the hell out of them. 
And um, spoiler, I, there's no happy ending. Yes. Funny I can't remember which sometimes which scenes or gruesome things are from right. which. So garbage disposal must have been from the other one. But uh, so on that happy note, yeah. <laughs> that was oh, a good one. I, I, it, that was a good question yeah. for sure. Sorry, I'm congratulating. No, myself. you're no, you're perfectly <laughs> right. It was good. That was it had depth and impact. You know, um, which not that they all have to, but just the the whole. I was the question by its window. nature did. Nah, yeah, sorry. The question by its nature did. It it brought a seriousness that comes and goes. It's rare for Certainly. this. Yeah. I, no, I wouldn't say rare. You know, comes no, around, but rare. but um, especially for a recap on such a lighthearted uh, cycle, yeah. I think that's a nice contrast, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, well said, Joe. Well thought. Yeah. I had two cool things this time. <laughs> yeah, we did. So much for Tim being the idea guy. Please. Yeah. I have ideas when I want to have ideas. <laughs> Maybe you have some ideas about ideas. Yeah. But, I, I'm actually really excited that two of those are on our list now. Yeah. Oh, man. I, Fight Club's going to be on there at oh, some well, point. Some yeah. It's going to come up. Well, I think, I mean, you guys have both seen it already, though, right? That doesn't, like, yeah. make it uh, any less worth I've seen it so long ago, too. It yeah. really. I don't know why I just never came around under my gaze again. So that's a, like really every other month me. type watch for me. I, it, <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't seen it in years, so it'll be really, good for me to revisit. It's definitely going to be one of those movies where I look at you halfway through and go, "What the hell is this?" And you'll be like, "This, this is Fight Club," and I'll be like, "This scene is in this movie." I'll, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's been long enough that that's going right. to happen for me. So yeah. there'll be some freshness there. Like Jared Leto's in this? What the fuck? <laughs> Oh yeah! That's right. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh, I was in the same location as him this weekend. Oh, that's right. Thirty yeah, seconds to Mars yeah. played big gig. Mm. I'm dating the podcast, but like, I I had to, I, I don't know if this is podcast worthy, but I had this moment of wanting to boo the hell out of him for his portrayal of the Joker, oh. and I thought about it, and then I realized that's fanboy bullshit. It is mm. not. His fault Thank you. Yeah. that the Self editing of that is his fault. That none Even of that's... if it was. Right. 30 it, Seconds to Mars concert is, should be separate. Right. No, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, he's a diva. Be. He should be there for his concert. Right. Separate from his acting. And that, like, I've never been a 30 Seconds to Mars fan, but sure. he put on a great show. He's a great front man. There's all these things. He's a diva and a half. Mm -hmm. But it was this really kind of like, oh, I've grown. <laughs> it was kind of nice. Yeah. Like, well, well done. Well done. Let's, let's clap. Seriously. Yeah. No, legitimately. No sarcasm. Let's give those some applause. No, that's fine. That sort of character growth is important. Yeah. And, Are these recaps uh, just going to be me self-congratulating? Well, that one was well-deserved. Yeah, Anytime certainly. a fanboy dies, it's round of applause. Yeah. <clears throat> well, actually, um, someone had asked me the other day, and maybe, I don't know if we've had this discussion before, like what I thought of Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker. Sure. And so one of one of my things, and this is maybe a small thing, but I'll, oh, I'll sort the of I'll sort, yes, small no, thing. Sorry, I'll sort of make one one criticism, but then sort of like uh, I guess a more I don't know if this would be anyway. It's a compliment sandwich. The, yeah. The 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 thing I actually dislike the most is his tattoo that says "damaged," and to me that does not fit the Joker. Like I don't think the Joker sees himself as damaged. The Joker sees himself as liberated, you know, mm -hmm. like not oh I should be like everybody else, but I'm I'm damaged goods, I'm broken. Huh. You yeah. know what I could have fixed that for you maybe? No tattoo. Well, that's <laughs> it. But 
just add quote marks to it. Oh, okay. because then it's about perception. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. <laughs> but then the other okay. thing. I'm, I'm a little fanboy now. I do apologize. Yeah. No, but no. That, but but you're right. Like that sort subtle, of like subtle difference. that would yeah. be a thing to change about that. That would sure. yeah. make it appeal to us. And it just made me back. wonder, like, why why put that there? Like, why did someone say, "Oh, we should give him a tattoo that says damage"? Like, what? I think that you know. falls under the massive heap of things about that movie that we will never know because yeah. there was so much that went on, you know, decision making wise, mm-hmm. to end up showing up so little in the final product mm-hmm. you know that just I think we're never going to really know yeah. um, but the the cool thing I thought and this is sometimes how I try to think of it is that someone there was a fan theory that I was reading before um, Batman versus Superman came out I think it was before Batman yeah anyway and someone had a fan theory that that Joker is actually Jason Todd right yeah and that, that tie in with the like, um the Robin suit we saw, right? Where it had like the two trailers, and the whatnot. two holes right. in the suit, and it, you know, you, so like on his shoulders. So that to me, and like how he has a tattoo of a J on his cheek, and it's like we're assuming it's Joker. It could be Jason, which you the know. cheek branding to Jason has been done before. Oh, okay, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that to me would have made it like, like, boom, like, yeah, there it is. Like, this isn't the Joker we've grown up with, the Joker we have in our head, the Joker we've seen before in film. This is oh my god! Like he didn't kill Robin; he like destroyed him. Like he th- and that Joker would be damaged, you know. That he would be, you know. So that that whole person, like everything about him, like fit, you know. Right. Right down to you know him stealing the hubcaps off of the Batmobile to okay, I've got this fancy ass colorful car. Like I'm into cars. I'm into to rims and you know that that type of thing. Like. I feel like boom, like all of that makes sense. So in my, it's kind of like headcanon. I keep in my mind. This isn't this isn't right. our Joker. This is Jason Todd, fucked up after the Joker beat him nearly to death, and I don't know where Joker is now, but this is a different person, and you know all that other right. stuff. I like it. I, 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 you've made me sort of realize how we not think of this sooner. At some point, we should do maybe a side episode or a special episode. Special. Episode. <laughs> did you hear the weariness with which I said that? Yes, um, we did. Uh, just about fan theories, I think, would be cool. Weariness. <laughs> you left Tim <laughs> Hayden here. What was he supposed to follow that up with? Nothing. With I which just I said that. Um, <laughs> yes. So. so you did. I'm going to cut that. That's going to be how it sounds. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, just about fan theories, I think we should just, it's a great topic to explore. Yeah. And also, we can bring up some of our favorites. Yeah. Just get a list of family. I think that'd be a nice... That is cool. I like nice that. side, side yeah. show, you know? Uh, but yeah, so thank you, because that was great inspiration there. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Look yeah. at that. The, the, once again, the experience of sharing with each other has brought out something new and better. Uh, anything else anybody wants to bring up? Or should we um, wrap up, do you think? Oh, uh, I think we... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was always just also going to mention, um, with this being the end of our, our first year of mm-hmm. Movie Mumble, um, also uh, coming up in addition to our favorite cycle, um, we're also planning on doing some other bonus episodes, bonus stuff. Uh, so this this episode is going to air in September, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Did we figure yeah. that out before? Yeah, this will. The, well, yeah, the recap will be end of. Well, anyway, yeah. the recap. Then we'll still be so, doing our usual one yeah. episode per month. Yeah, but also. Yeah, so in October we're also going to do our favorite um, Halloween, Halloween scary movies, 
and we're going to try to cram them in. So first Sunday will still be the regular episode, mm-hmm. and then second, third, fourth, we're going to go through a cycle of our favorite Halloween movies. Halloween movies. Yep. And we're going to get together, maybe eat some candy, like try to scare each other. And then uh, in December... Every time I look at your face, it just horrifies me. You've done, you've done enough. What else are you going to do? Is that the one the one time I get to not be horrified because of the mask you're going to wear? That's right. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, wear, done, I'm done twisting the mask. I'll wear a Bruce Wayne mask. Thank you for taking it. Like Batman does. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Look at your sorry, subtle sorry. commentary yes. on that. <laughs> I'm done twisting the knife. Right? No, that's okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and then in December, we're going to do our favorite holiday film. So same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There'll be regular episode. will be the first Sunday of the month. And then second, third, and fourth ding. Sunday, we'll go through a cycle of favorite holiday movies. Mm-hmm. So you get to have way more movie mumble than you can handle. I wonder if that's going to work out. If we're going to end up with three Sundays in one of those months or something. I think there's always at least four. Sometimes there might be five, depending on, like, well, if the get, first is a Sunday. We could also do an overtime one. Oh, sure. We could double yeah. up. Yeah, four mm. for October. Mm. And five for December. Bang. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should be good. So, no problem. Yeah, yeah which will be good, too, because we probably don't want to do the last Sunday of December, because well, that'll be after Christmas, I think. So <laughs> we can, yeah, that'll be when our recap Actually, will come so in. Actually, so it'll be perfect. There's going to be some chock full yeah. recaps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chock full of nuts. Like chestnuts. <laughs> I made it themed on the winter aesthetics. So oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh-huh. in that case, yes. Okay. Well done. It's so much better when part. you explain it. Yeah. That's <laughs> how you know it's fun. <laughs> oh, man. So, so anyway, that was my spiel on what's coming from Movie Mumble. Yeah. Beyond that, we don't know. And then uh, you had so stop asking. To... <laughs> you were saying something, Joel. Too, no. Right? When I asked about no no. Uh, when I asked about wrapping up, you both started to speak. Yeah. Tim wanted to give you an upcoming schedule. Joel, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that the next episode that you'll see from us will be my pick. Yes, the oh, beginning right, of the yeah. favorite cycle. The Absolutely. favorite cycle, and we will be watching The Fugitive, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I didn't kill my wife. I'm excited. I'm excited for this this cycle. I really am. Mm-hmm. And this is one I haven't seen in a while. It's interesting. I don't yeah. watch my favorite movie a lot, so it'll be interesting. Fantastic. Yes. So, do because this is the favorite cycle. Do you want to announce the whole cycle ahead of time? Might as well break from. Yeah. Excuse me. Break from tradition. That mean for that? You I, want to? I, yeah. Keep the yeah. sizzle nope. if you want. Okay. Yeah, let's now keep it going. Yeah, I'm sure they have no idea what I'm gonna pick uh-huh. <laughs> or what I'm gonna pick either. And just oh yeah, no. something about that one feel the favorites feels like more like a complete package than any of the others we've done to mm-hmm. me for some reason. Yeah, even more than this themed shameless pleasure cycle. Yeah, but uh, it's interesting that have two of them share this similar casting. That's true. Sizzle, 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 sizzle. Hmm. Sorry, should I, uh, should sort I cut of. that? No, no, not at all. Please. <laughs> I, I've i already asked it in prior podcasts, just by in conversation. It's like, oh yeah. I, I think you actually discovered that it was your favorite on the podcast. No, I've known for a long time. Well, no, I think you, you, you said it. Like, I, the more I think about it. The more cemented it gets yeah. in the first place spot, yeah. yeah. So very deep within the movie mobile archives, mm. you could find. <laughs> oh yeah, Scott's. You, be pick. careful when you jump into that pool; it'll might reach your ankle bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, but anyway, yeah. So, favorite cycle. It's gonna be great, really. It's gonna be a lot of cycle. Oh, <laughs> you can't just deliver me. Um, but it doesn't. It, it not setting You're up. Not. It's any any pair of words that have anything to do. This is with one of my podcast. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. Is that two words? <laughs> and then you didn't do it. You let me down. I know. I was like, I was like, I wait wanted, for it. I was waiting for it. But no, that, I was actively resisting it. Because it's I didn't one even of my favorite. that at you. I walked up and handed it to you, and you let it fall. No, this is one of my favorite things is the juxtaposition of you trying to, to, to soldier on in the professional <laughs> modicum, the, 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 the uh, idiom that you've, you've chosen, and us just undermining it. And then when you try to participate it, flipping it. You're just like, fuck you. Yes, like, oh, I, I love that about this. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> so anyway, uh, favorites like all next time. We're all looking forward to it. Yeah. I, but, but actually, I think this is going to bring a lot of real passion because thus far we've had serious love and emotion certainly happen to us all because of the films but in terms of what we've brought to the table mm-hmm. it's really never been more than one of us at a time uh, I I certainly brought some for Lahaine in particular um, Joel you and I shared some for Shin Godzilla although you hadn't seen it <laughs> but and you know we both love Bond but I, this is really where it's going to be it's really going to light the fires yeah and of all three of us at once because we've all seen each of these movies, haven't we? I, I, don't, I don't know that I've seen The Fugitive, actually. Okay. Like, I know of it. I feel like I've seen pieces of it. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And you so haven't seen it for a while, Scott. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, long enough that I'm saying I think I have seen it. Mm-hmm. Because there was that one point when I was on the whole chunk of Ford's uh, Air Force One Clear and Present Danger Patriot Games Witness. So I'm pretty sure I saw Witness in there somewhere. Yeah. Fugitive. See, I'm already doing See, it. You're basically but, um, but I could be completely much, much like, uh, much like Fight Club. I might just once we start watching, I might be like, "Wait a second, this is huh?" <laughs> right. Yeah. So we'll Who, see. Who's Robert Paulson? <laughs> but at least I am. At least we are both at least very familiar with the, the premise. Yeah. And yeah. with Ford's action career, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So, I just I think someone's really gonna get it going across all three of us at once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, we hope you are too, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on our oh, our one year journey. Wow, Ooh. feels good. Really, honestly, thank you all so much. You are the reason we get to do this. And uh, I said before that you know it wasn't started for the purpose of the of podcasting, but for the purpose of the discussion. But truly, in the way that sharing with friends makes things more meaningful, knowing that you are there listening to us really, really makes this worthwhile. So thank you all so very much. We hope we will continue to, to make it worth your while and that you'll continue to, continue to join us for uh, another year and who knows how many more. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye. See ya. Hey, listeners. We appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes. If you'd like to check us out there, we'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore W underscore Murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at JoelT18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard, And on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more. <laughs>